0: Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 146. This week on the show, I've got an awesome conversation with JP of the band Get the Shot. Um, Huge shout out to him for taking the time to do this interview. Um, Really think you guys are going to enjoy this one. We talked a lot about being true to... Themselves and evolution of sound from record to record and kind of this uh, thought process that they go through of just being true to who they are and making music that they love. And if that means, you know, incorporating more of like a deathcore or, you know, whatever it may be, more thrash metal, things like that just kind of going with it because they see music much like I see music where it's this kind of snapshot it's this you know photo of where you're at in life um, so they allow that to influence them as they write records and you know create these songs uh, and it's a really really fucking cool thing because you can see the progression of Um, kind of their musical taste, as well as just mentally where they're at, things like that. Uh, We also talked a lot about the new album called Merciless Destruction. Um, That is out for you guys to be streaming anywhere that you stream music. Um, And yeah, you know, just had a great time talking to JP about all the stuff. You know, I think this is going to be, for anyone that's not familiar with the band going to be a really cool introduction to who um who they are kind of what they're about if you are a fan of the band this is just a cool conversation for you to listen to and kind of get some inside perspective on what goes into the writing process how they you know develop their sound and what went into this record specifically um coming out of the covid years and being kind of Tucked away, if you will, and not being looked at as heavily, Um, which is another thing we talk about is, you know, the kind of the way exposure works for bands that are not from the United States or not from the UK or whatever it is. And, you know, breaking those barriers and kind of uh, immersing themselves within the music scene. So... Yeah, let's do it. Let's dive into this conversation that I had with JP of the band Get The Shot. <laughs> awesome, man. Um, so yeah, to, to kick things off, I do start with the same boring-ass question every time. It's a simple introduction. Who are you? What do you do? Why are we having this talk?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so my name is JP, and I play in a band called Get The Shot, and I sing in this band. Uh, we've been a band for the last 13 years, so we've been uh, doing... Uh, be down, hardcore, uh, kicking people in the face. Music for a long time now, uh, yeah. and everything's doing well, then. Yeah,
0: yeah. Then you guys are are definitely no stranger to the scene, and and you know, like you said, been doing this for like thirteen years now. Um, so for people that maybe are new to listening to you, because you guys are you know, with new Damage Records, things are really starting to pop off for you with this new album, uh, Merciless Destruction. Give a little background, you know, where the formation kind of happened and where was this inspiration to to write, you know, very, for some people, it's a, a very pessimistic viewpoint of music, but it's a very real and gritty look at what life is. Where did that come from for you?
1: Well, I mean, the band started like 13 years ago and uh, actually it was Danny, the bassist, uh, who actually started the band and was looking for uh, for a singer to join this band. And uh, we did play together in a couple of shows back in the days I had other bands. So we knew each other a, a yeah. little bit. So uh, we kind of got together, built, uh, built a band, started to write some music. Uh, and w- it was fun because, you know, in the beginning, we didn't know what kind of hardcore exactly we wanted to do. You know, it was, we yeah. didn't know each other very well. So we kind of had to know each other before you know, getting to the real music creation. So uh it it kind of the first year we like like kind of hit and miss things. We tried some things, mm-hmm. but it's really like in 2014 that we really find a kind of sound that we really wanted to do with the album uh, that was called No Piece and Hell. So we really, you know, uh kind of dig you know that kind of thrash metal hardcore kind of sound, you know. So so blending, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, was really appealing to us because I personally grew up listening to Slayer and tracks, Megadeth and stuff like that. So that was my introduction to extreme music. So I really wanted to blend that with the hardcore influences that i had i mean i i've always been listening to hate breed 100 demons and stuff like that so i grew up in hardcore with that kind of band. so right. why not blending the kind of two influences and do that kind of thing so so we kind of do that in the first place and then as the years pass by we kind of introduce heavier elements in our music. Also, uh, we did tour yeah. with a lot of bands and uh, on that last record, actually, you know, there's a lot of beat down influences because uh, we toured uh, with a lot of beat down bands in the last few years. Uh, one of them is Nasty, which is a mm-hmm. European band. We love these guys, good friends of ours. They've yeah. been a huge musical influence on us. So we kind of try to do some things different uh, in, on every new record. So. On, the slat, on that last record, we really, you know, try to blend more dead metal, slam dead and beat down influences because I'm a huge Cannibal Corpse fan too. Uh, I'm really into death. Uh, so, I mean, we try to do something different on each album, but, you know, I think the main thing that keeps on going on every album is, like you said, that kind of pessimistic kind of... A view of the world, you know, I mean, I don't right. think you got to play hardcore if you're not pissed, if you don't <laughs> hate the fucking world, right. if you don't hate mankind, don't do hardcore. I mean, that, that's the the first thing I think and this this thing is constant in our music.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. And, um, you know, it's awesome to hear that that you guys are friends with um, the band Nasty. I actually had uh, Matty on the podcast like yeah. a, over a year ago now at this point. But um, yeah. those dudes are fucking dope and you know, I think it's, it's really cool to hear you talk about like the, the way that you allow what you're surrounding yourself to impact your music with, you know, like, oh, we're, we're around a lot more beat down. Let's, you know, like that's going to impact my life. And that's going to, you know, I I think the thing is music evolution needs to happen regardless. Right. But to me, and, you know, you may feel the same way or maybe not, but like, every album is just a snapshot of where you guys are at mentally and in the world at that point in time. It's really cool that you guys are kind of fluid with, okay, we're really heavy into this stuff right now. This is what we're going to sound like because that's where we are. Exactly. I
1: totally agree on that. And I mean, uh, personally, I don't want to make the same record twice, you know, I mean, right. There's <laughs> a lot of bands who actually do the same kind of thing for the last 20, Nickelback's 30 years. done I mean, it for
0: seven albums.
1: <laughs> that, that's I mean I mean I mean I was talking about Cannibal Corpse. I mean that that's that, that's right, amazing. Yeah. That's one of my favorite band ever. But these dudes are like the ac of death metal. You know what to right. expect right. of them. Yeah. You know they they didn't really change a lot of things through the years. They do the same straightforward death metal thing, and that's good. That's great. But personally, you know i'm not cannibal corpse you know i i don't have the pretension to be as inventive and as creative as them so i mean i don't want to release the same fucking hardcore record like every two years so i prefer you know to maybe sometimes wait a little bit longer but on each record to add something different and like you said uh it really you know kind of follows the kind of mental state that you have at the moment uh and i think that the more i grew older the more i'm pissed you know (laughs) Yeah, the angrier I am as I'm growing older. So uh, it kind of reflects also in the music. So so uh, that, that that's a fu- that's a funny thing, because some bands, you know, with age kind of kind of go slower and be softer with mm-hmm. each album, uh, get a shot is doing exactly the opposite. I mean, with each yeah. record that's going to be released in the next few years, it's always, always going to be more extreme and heavier. That that's the main point of this band.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I think that's, it's funny. I'm 37 and I kind of feel the same as you, you know, like the older I've got, it's like the more annoyed I am with society, the more frustrated I am with just how backwards a lot of shit is, or, you know, just the dumbest, it sounds like the dumbest stuff, but it's like, bro, you guys have had hundreds of years before me to fix this shit. Here we are 37 years into my life and we're still fucking broken and worse off. Like, how are we still in this position? And, you know, I think you're saying basically the same thing, like, fuck off. Like, I'm angry at the world around me because of of society
1: and those uh, influences, if you will. Exactly, exactly. And I think that the main thing is, you know, being angry is something. But if you want that anger to be revolutionary, to be transformative, to be useful, you know, in the way you live into this world, if you want that anger to help you build a better place, you got to put it into something positive. I mean, and that's what I think music is all about. This is a cathartic yeah. thing. You know, it's a way of giving shape in a sense, you know, to those negative soon that you have inside of you those yeah. negative thoughts that don't get negative feelings and put into something that's gonna be revolutionary and insurrectional you know that's yeah. I think the main goal of music and especially extreme music
0: yeah, yeah and that that's you know the funny thing too for I doubt that anybody that's listening to this doesn't you know listen to more of the hardcore side of stuff. but like you know growing up, I was listening to heavier bands and my family wasn't and they're like how can you listen to somebody that's so pissed off all the time or whatever and i'm like because they're standing for something you know like Mm. top 40 radio doesn't stand for much (laughs) but these guys are talking about being pissed off about you know whatever's going on around them and i can relate to that you know and i think that's the thing um you and i definitely agree on is music has this incredible ability to bring people together for a common cause and a common fight. And, you know, by you, like you said, putting the power into the words, people are listening to that and going, yeah, you know what? Fuck that. I'm pissed off about that. I want to make that change too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And one thing that is personally that I did did change in my perception of hardcore music is the more I grew older and the more I want to play a, a kind of hardcore that is more primitive. I mean, the Mm -hmm. more I grew older, the more I like my extreme music to be essentially extreme, not necessarily too thoughtful, not necessarily too intellectual, you know, because when I started doing hardcore, I was like, oh, let's, let's write some very meaningful texts and stuff like that. And now I'm 36 and I'm like, no, I just want, you know, to make music that's going to resonate with people who want to punch each other in the face. You know, it's, I, (laughs) I see it more like, you know, some kind of combat or fight songs and fight anthems than I did before. Because I think that that's that anger, that's that kind of, um, uh, will to power that I really want that music to be, you know, the expression of that music must be powerful. It must be something primitive, more animal, let's say it like that, more primitive, yeah. you know, really something that feels less intellectual and more natural, more instinctive, more instinctive, more spontaneous. So I I think that that personally, that really changed, you know, my vision of hardcore and the way I write music nowadays. And uh, some people like it, some people don't. But uh, I mean, I mean, I think that that kind of way of making hardcore music really resonate with some people in the scene.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I would I would absolutely agree with that. And I think, you know, it it kind of goes back to that, you know, being authentic and bringing people together because there's no hidden meanings in the messages that you're putting out. It's, yeah, it's laid out there. This is what we're talking about. Um, whereas, you know, like not to knock any bands that do the like real fancy metaphors or whatever, but the problem with words is they can be misconstrued, you know, like mm-hmm. you may make a connection with a song and you're like the, the example I love using is I just saw this uh, interview not too long ago between Kelly Clarkson and uh, Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters. Mm -hmm. And she's talking about learning to uh, learn to fly. And she's thinking that it's like this super like meaningful song and it's got all this passion behind it or whatever. And he goes, absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad you have that. (laughs) It's not, he he literally wrote that song about wanting to get his fucking pilot's license and learning how to fly. (laughs) Like (laughs) great that you made that connection. That's not what I meant. And I think that's the beauty of your music is like, obviously people can still take words for what they want them to, to be influenced in, in their life. But I think it's, you guys are a little more on the nose with this is what we're talking about. This is why we're angry. You know, this is why we want to, you know, talk about death or talk about these things because, um, you know, you guys have said it before that with as fucked up as the world is essentially, death is the only way out you know mm. this we have to fight back as long as we can because nobody makes
1: it out alive of course of course and i think you know it, it, all and also you I mean i mean there are some bands who are actually fucking great writers lyrically i mean i think about yeah. counterparts counterparts for, for yeah person, counterparts are, I, insane, they are yeah. one of the the best the best lyricist in hardcore is definitely the singer and connor and i mean and, and we sing brendan a, a lot of times and i really think that he is a genius lyrically yeah so i think that's totally natural for him you know to write those kind of songs but i don't have you know the same talent as it <laughs> so i mean i have you know to, to to really focus you know more on the feelings than on the concept and uh yeah. i I personally think that it fits my kind of writing better. So uh, I I really want the lyrics, you know, to resonate, you know, with, with some kind of deep feelings without it to be like too much intellectual. So I yeah. mean, the, the, the lyrics serves the feeling, serves the movement of the body in a hardcore show. I mean, and, and, and yeah. I think that's something very important, you know, the connection between the body and the mind. So I, it, it must make you feel something. So if you want to be, make people angry, you got to give them lyrics that makes them hangry, you know? Yeah. So so that's my, my perspective on that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love
0: that. And I, I totally agree. Um, talk a little bit about the, the process, because it's been a few years since you've dropped an album. Uh, yeah. Infinite Punishment was 2017. Um, obviously, you were out touring, doing all that shit. COVID hits and fucks everybody up. What did that do to you guys, especially up in Canada? You guys had some pretty major lockdowns and shit. But what did that do to you guys mentally in this
1: process of
0: like, fuck? What do we do?
1: Yeah, it definitely had an impact, you know, on the time it took to record to record that last album. You know, Uh, I mean, normally we would have probably released Merciless Destruction probably in 2020. 2021. Uh, but like you said, COVID had a real impact on us. I mean, studios were shut down, so we couldn't like go every, everybody couldn't go at the studio at the same time. So we had, you know, to record some instrument in some studios, some other instrument in another one. And we had kind of like to put everything together in the end. So it was a long ass process and it was, painful honestly that the yeah. recording of that new album was painful i mean i'm glad with the result but it was a pain yes right it was it, it was not fun at all and we worked on it for a good two years during all the pandemic actually so yeah um we were very excited to finally release it because those songs were written a long time ago, actually. So, and we're actually yeah. in the process of writing new ones. So, uh, so I mean, it, it was it was time for those songs to finally live in the world. So, I, I'm glad for that. Yeah. Um, as for the mental part of the of the experience of the pandemic, I mean, yes, in Quebec we had a lot of shutdowns of of uh, lockdown stuff, a lot of lockdown politics. We even have a curfew here in, in, uh, in Quebec. So it was, uh, yeah. it was, it was strange times. It was really strange times. Yeah. Um, but on the other side, I must admit that it has some positive effect. Um, for that reason that, you know, when you're always going on tour, we, we kind of tour a lot, not, not much as some, I mean, full-time bands, but we yeah. tour a lot actually. And it kind, Having that break, that two-year break, really helped us, you know, um, appreciate the privilege that we have to be touring while making extreme music. So, you know, I mean, when we started touring again in this year, actually, I was really glad to do it, you know? I I had not the feeling like it was like something alienating or I didn't have the feeling like, oh, no, we got to go on tour again and, you know, we got to travel and stuff. Because when you do that, Every single month during years and years, it can be very hard mentally, physically, yeah. it can be very, very hard. Um, so that little break kind of just gave us, you know, the time, you know, to think about everything and to realize the privilege that we have to be doing this music and having some people all around the planet who was actually enjoying our music. So uh, uh, so, so we were like uh, on top of our game when we got back on the stage this year and uh now we have a lot of project a lot of touring plans so the band is stronger than ever
0: yeah yeah and i'm really glad to hear you
1: say that i've had several artists
0: say uh similar stuff where like you know as during the during the pandemic obviously everybody was like this sucks this is bullshit like fucking let me out of my house whatever mm. But it it kind of revitalizes you when you finally can get back out because it's now it's not that not that touring is ever like a chore or, you know, oh, I have to go do my job. Mm-hmm. But like you said, being on the road, constantly being away from family, stuff like that, like sometimes it, it wears on you. And oh, I think that break, you know, that break to your point was that moment of like, OK, like I'm really fucking lucky to be able to do what I do. I I can't take that for granted because that shit got taken away from me for two years. And I don't want that ever to happen again. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it's insane. You know, like the U S had some pretty, pretty strict lockdowns in different areas and whatnot, but yeah, we, for the most part, we didn't have curfews. Like you guys, Australia mm-hmm. had curfews, you know, and like, I get it, but at the same time, it's like, is, is making me come into the house at 9 p.m really a fucking problem you know what i mean like
1: is that <laughs> yeah. fixing anything right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course of course yeah it was strange times but and i know uh i mean it's interesting that you're talking about the fact that even when you're playing music and touring all around the world music can become alienating you know playing music mm-hmm. can become like every other job i mean and <laughs> it can become like boring or it can it can become something you know that's not fulfilling and personally that's why we chose as a band to yes tour a lot but not making this band like a full-time band doing this thing and nothing else right we all have jobs on the side i'm a philosophy teacher in college uh, and i'm also touring with a hardcore band and that balance between you know the the normal mainstream life, and the music life, personally, helps me enjoy every fucking show that I do with this band. I'm always glad to be on tour. And I'm always glad to see the fans, always glad to see the kids. So it's always, you know, a good time when we play shows. And I think that for us, that kind of configuration is the way that that will help us doing this band for a lot of years to come yeah yeah but totally i mean, I mean there are some band who can you know tour during 20 years and still still manage to do it well and have some fun yeah. uh, I mean, probably that it depends you know on on everyone
0: yeah yeah for sure and you know it, i think it's all about you know within the band the members having the right balance for them and things like that because you also don't want to be like you know what fuck it we're going to be a full-time band mm-hmm. And then have you know tom or or one of the other guys be like yeah i don't want to do full time like i'm out well fuck, like this was all with you we don't want to you know what i mean like yeah you don't want to put somebody in a position where they're uncomfortable with what their quote-unquote work-life balance looks like Um, now that being said if someone rolled up and said hey here's 10 million dollars you guys are going to be on the road for the next four years okay like that's going to be hard to say no
1: to (laughs) yeah totally totally and even though you know it's a privilege you know to be playing hardcore music all around the world uh it's a very different thing when you're a french canadian band and you have to tour all around the world it's not the same thing i can assure you that you know uh take a band with the same talent take one band who comes from quebec city or from quebec take a band who comes from new york i can assure you that the band from new york is going to blow out in the first year i can assure you that when you're a french canadian band coming from a small city in canada that no one gives a fuck about i can assure you that you have to work 10 times harder than every other band coming from the big cities in the us i mean that's just an objective fact it's not i don't see it as a problem but it is an objective fact and that's why we've been playing we've been playing and touring for the last 13 years and i mean we're just starting you know to have a little bit of exposure and we did a whole tons of tour in europe you know yeah. and in canada and everywhere in, in america we even we even went to cuba actually we toured cuba and but i mean we it, there's a lot of people who think we are a new band but we've been there for the yeah. 13, last 13 years so there's definitely like a different view of bands uh depending of you know the city where they came from would or the country right. where they came from i mean we don't hear a lot about european bands here in north america but mm-hmm. uh, north american bands uh are have a lot of influence in europe i mean everybody in europe yeah. know know the 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 good and hyped american bands and but yeah. the same thing it's not the same about a european bands you know In the US, you know, nobody gives a fuck in North America about European bands, but there's a lot of fucking great talents in Europe, you know, Uh, so that's that I already, I already always thought that this is a real, uh, a reality, but a strange reality, you know, that kind of cultural distance, that cultural gap that exists, you know, between bands who are actually doing the same music, but they're missing a link between these bands who are to be part of the same culture. It's not the same. And even when you're touring, you feel that the connection with a European band, because we're French Canadian is different than with uh, an American band. I mean, in the end, everyone is becoming friend. Everyone's friendly. But the connection, the cultural connection is totally different. And that's a reality. And that's why I totally realized, you know, in the last 10 years, if you want to make this music and you're from Canada, You gotta work your fucking ass off. And you you gotta be stubborn. You gotta you gotta work hard and you gotta work harder than everyone else. Uh and that's just a fact, actually. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. I've had several European bands on the podcast, Australian, a few Canadians, you know. Um, but like that's that's been a common theme that I've heard, you know, and that I've noticed too, is like Bands from like Australia, like Banks Arcade, uh Thornhill, Wind Waker, like they're huge in Australia and they're just now becoming a name in America. And it's like y'all understand they're selling out like the largest fucking venues there. Exactly. And you, they can't they can't sell out a club here. Mm-hmm. Um for you guys, you know, you guys uh trench is a band up in Canada that I've talked to. Yeah. And again, you guys are killing it in your markets but for whatever reason, it just doesn't quite translate. And I, I think a lot of it has to do with the, um, I I mean, I'll say, I'll lay claim to it. The arrogance of the Americans, you know, like we look at ourselves first versus looking Mm -hmm. outside to see all this talent. Um, and you know, I, I think it's a few things, obviously there's a number of factors, but I think the, the big thing is like, it's almost as if Americans don't pay attention to, especially in the like metal hardcore scenes, things like that, the alternative scenes, um, they don't pay attention to the band until they've blown up. You know, like Architects is another band from from England that I'm thinking of that like, honestly, until about two years ago in, the, in America, like nobody gave a shit about them. Exactly. And then they dropped uh, whatever that album was, Dead Butterflies or whatever, and it all of a sudden they're like, "Oh shit, it's Architects," you know? Exactly. Like, this. Think about Malevolence.
1: Malevolence is just yeah. getting talked about like in North America, but they've yeah. been doing this for years.
0: Yeah, it, it's insane, and yeah. I think part of that is one of those factors is North American, especially like terrestrial radio, conventional radio, mm. doesn't touch metal. You know, like they're so scared oh, yeah. of like branching okay. out and that fucks with it a lot obviously over the years but uh no i think you guys are poised to be like one of those bands like i was getting to earlier you're like right on the verge i think with this album especially of that exposure level bumping up to where it's like
1: why the fuck haven't we been looking at them like mm-hmm. what is going on here yeah and, and i mean i i don't see it as a problem i mean i think there yeah. are no. historical reasons why you know uh American people like American bands. I mean, hardcore comes from America and from the U.S. Yeah. So it's a totally normal thing that uh, they consider the American bands first and then maybe if there's something, you know, in another country that really, really stands out. Maybe they're gonna have a little bit of attention to it. But uh, I mean, that's an historical fact. I don't, I, I don't see it as conscious arrogance you know i don't think it's uh, it's that i mean it's i really think it's unconscious it's it's a very unconscious yeah. thing but when you are a stranger when you're not an american citizen you can feel it you know in the contact right. so it's like you, you you have to break you know kind of that wall that cultural wall to to really you know get in touch and really build relationships you know with uh with the american scene i mean it takes yeah. time but i mean Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. So, but, but I mean, in the end, you, you make friends all around the world anyway. So, I mean, that's the beauty of hardcore. And I think that's, that's the thing, you know, that's keeping us, you know, making this music still nowadays. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think, you know, it, it's ironic
0: because people that are not connected to the hardcore scene or the heavier alternative scenes assume that like, everybody's angry nobody gets along whatever and it's like i've been to countless fucking shows and hardcore shows are at the top of my list a lot of times because like those crowds don't give a fuck who you are man we're all here to have a good time like you said earlier we want to punch each other in the face like we all are here for the same fucking reason and we love it there's no you know like oh, you you started liking that band on their fourth album, so you're not invited to the Cool Kids Club. Like, no, fuck it. You like that band? I like that band. Let's go have a
1: good time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, let's dive into to the album a little bit. It's been out for a little over a month now, I guess. But um, talk a little bit about the the continuation, but also the evolution of the sound. We touched on it earlier with kind of just how your, your sound is evolving based on what is going on and what you're surrounding yourself with. But this time you've, you've ventured a little into the darker area with a little more death core and death metal type stuff coming in. Um, Obviously it's a conscious choice, but for you from a writing perspective and things like that, is it easy to get into that mindset and that mode? Or was it like, we know we want to go there. Can I push myself to that limit?
1: Hmm. I mean, it's both, actually. I mean, uh, you know, when I write some music, I mean, it's a collective effort, but, you know, the the, the mastermind, I mean, or, or the, uh, the the orchestration master of the music is actually me for the last few years. So we work together, but I have kind of that aesthetic idea of where I'm going. Yeah. So every time, you know, it's it's really, you know built on the music that I listen to, the mental state, like, like you said, uh, which uh, in which I am uh, at the moment. Uh, but each and every time I have to consciously ask myself, what can we do now You know, to push the limits of what we can yeah. achieve musically? Uh, and personally, I think that we can push the limit um, while being more extreme we have to be more extreme in order to push the limit because i mean hardcore is hardcore i mean you're not reinventing the wheels i mean you have you're gonna have breakdowns and you're probably gonna you probably already you know listen to that same or kind of same breakdowns in another band like 10 years ago i mean i mean I, i don't think that any band is actually rewriting you know the the way of doing hardcore. I don't. I, I, I really don't think. I think each and every band you know kind of influences each other, and we're building something collectively. So I mean, when you play hardcore, you're it, you're in. A, you have that kind of mold that you want to stick to, and so I, I don't want to be anything else than a hardcore band. I couldn't be like a strict death metal band. I wouldn't be that. I want to stay. Like a hardcore band but let's add some different influences to it so with this record i really wanted to be more extreme heavier and i really think like death music slam music and beatdown music was something that i wanted to explore because like i said earlier i grew up with extreme band obituary was one of my favorite band when i was a kid So I wanted to do that same kind of stuff, you know, add some those arbitrary influences. I've never put them in a record before. So let's do this this time. Let's add some arbitrary influences. Let's uh, add, you know, some entombed influences, you know? So that's what I wanted to do with that kind of, uh, with that record. And actually um, I was surprised with the result. I was like, yeah, man, I think we really kind of have a harder sound without, you know, we're not travesting ourselves, we're not doing something that we're not, we're staying ourselves, but we managed to do something different this time. And I really think that a lot of people really started to dig the band with that record because we got more extreme. I mean, there's, yeah. there's always going to be people who, uh, who are going to say, oh, you were better in 2014 with No Peace and Hell or with uh, or with that fucking first demo you released in two thousand nine, you know, there's all always going to yeah. be people who gonna prefer your previous record than the new one. That that's yeah, that's a fact. You got you got to deal with yeah. it. But I think there is a lot of new kids that got into the band because of the heavier elements that we really put into the into those new songs. And personally, live those new songs are so cool to play, so fucking fun to play. You really see the difference live. Also, you know the. The ambience is more hangry, you know, and people are right. are really excited to hear the new song. So I'm really glad that we we did those changes and that we pushed the limit of extremeness on that one.
0: Yeah. 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 No, and I, I think, you know, we mentioned him earlier, but you've got um Maddie from from Nasty on one track, you've yeah. got Rob from Lionheart on another. And you know, I think it's it's one of those things where you know it's not a how do i want to word this um you guys aren't trying to rely on somebody else to elevate your music they're they're an accent piece to it not a Oh, we we've made it because
1: we have this person. It's like, yeah, of course, no, we, every time here, we invite someone helping. on one of our song, it's actually a friend. I mean, we never pay someone right. to do a featuring on our stuff. I mean, Rob is a friend. We toured with him, with Lionheart a lot of times. Uh, Maddie is a friend. We played with Nasty so often. So, I mean, the, these are not like uh, marketing choices. I mean, it's not right, like, oh, right. we we want to you know, we're gonna put that singer of that bit on that song so that people can see us. No, that's not. It's just that they are friends. We love what we that what they're doing, and we want them on one of our songs. That's it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's exactly what I was trying to get at. Is like, you know, no no disrespect to anybody that does the marketing thing or or, or whatever, and I'll dog on them a little bit. Kellen Quinn gets guest vocaled on fucking everything right now. And it's like, okay guys, but if it goes back to that mentality of like, if everybody's special, nobody's special. If every song has that same guest spot on it, who fucking cares anymore? It's not a special thing. Whereas with what you guys are doing, it's look at what our friends are doing. You know, our friends are coming in to help us and it's still about the community, not necessarily the marketing or the reach
1: for it. Mm. Exactly. And we've been doing like songs with featuring since 2012. I mean, yeah. I mean all, the first singles of every record we put out in the last 10 years is always a song with a featuring. I mean, the first featuring were like singers from local bands in our area. Right. Then we started touring a lot more internationally, so we make friends all over the planet, so we started inviting people from other countries on our songs, and we've always been doing that. I mean, on Infinite Punishment, uh, we have a good friend, Jesse Barnett, from Stick to Your Guns, who was who was singing yeah. on Black and Sun. So he was a friend. He was actually a friend. He was, I mean, living in Montreal back in the days, and we were seeing Jesse every fucking time we were in Montreal. So so that was always a family thing for us, and we wanna yeah. keep you know, that same feeling, that same vibe and i mean even on the next record i hope that the first single of the next record is going to be with someone that we love as a friend who's going to sing on it once again we try you know to keep right. you know that that uh, that way of writing music and doing our stuff it's always like you said a family thing hardcore is family
0: yeah yeah no not that's one of the things i love about it like i said earlier the the scene is is such a from an outsider's perspective, it's like, oh, you're just a bunch of angry kids fighting each other or whatever. Nobody gets along. But, like, if you're in the scene, you have no idea how important it is that everybody, like, you know, and you can probably attest to this even from playing the shows. But, like, you know, you you get those local venues, especially where you're constantly going to the same hardcore shows or whatever. Like, you get to know those people. And when somebody's missing, it's like, Hey where is that dude? Like, what's going on? Or, you know, it, it's like you said, it's family. And it really is this importance of bringing, bringing people together through music. And I think you guys are, um again, doing it. And I think it's a hopefully expanding thing into the North American markets and things like that. Um, Let's talk a little bit about, you've got a couple tour dates coming up. This episode is going to go live on whatever next Wednesday is the 16th. So you'll have like four shows that you still have coming up um, at least according to your website. Yep. So talk a little bit about, you know, trying to, to close out the year with shows and things like that and, and still work on the
1: album. Yeah, of course, we have like four release shows uh, of the new album in uh, Quebec and Montreal. So we got to close the year with those local shows. We didn't play much uh, in Quebec uh, in the last few months. So we really want to give, you know, the people here who've been supporting us for the last 13 years what they deserve. So we got to have four shows uh, in Quebec. It's going to be really, really fun. It's going to be a good time. So we're going to close the year with that. Then we're going uh, to have a headlining tour in Europe in March. So it's going to be our first headlining tour in a couple of years. It's been a while since we have yeah. done uh, headlining tours. We, we we did a lot of headlining tours back in the day, like in 2014, 15, 16. Then right. we got on, on bigger packages in the last few years. So uh, it's about time we do a real headlining tour. It's going to be fun. It's going to be announced soon. It's going to be announced uh, in November. So it's going to it's going to be in okay. March. Pretty yeah. Pretty excited with this because, you know, we did a lot of bigger tours in the last few years so there I mean bigger tours like in big venues I mean the last one we did with Lionheart and Terror and Dying Wish it was huge man I mean it was fucking huge big venues a lot of people but the downside of it is like when you play big venues you have barricades and it's like kind of a different vibe you know it, it almost yeah. feels like you're playing in a festival every night there's so many people right. and it's, it's strange because the more, the bigger the crowd is and the more alone you feel on the stage, that that's crazy yeah. to say, <laughs> but it's like that. So with that Atlantic tour in March, I'm so stoked about it because we're going to have like real hardcore show, you know, smaller venues, like 300 to maybe 700 capacity venues. So it's going to be like yeah. a real Tight venue, jam-packed venues yeah. with people jumping everywhere. No fucking barricades. So It's gonna be like that real hardcore show that we love so much. So I'm really stoked about it. It's gonna be fun, and we're gonna have some great bands with us on the road. So, so uh, keep in touch with us. It's gonna be it's gonna be real fun. So, uh, so uh, take a look at it when uh, it's gonna be uh, gonna be released. There are plans also to go to Japan in uh, in the spring also. So there's oh, going to yeah, be a yeah. lot of things coming, uh, and we get back in Europe uh, during the summer for festival season as always. And yeah. we're talking about playing also Mexico somewhere probably in the fall, something like that. So there's a lot of plan for the year. Uh, it's going to be a big year, a uh, busy year. But I mean, <laughs> uh, we got to do it. We have a new album, so we want to we we, we want to show what it is and uh, how strong it is everywhere in the world right now.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, I think I have a since becoming a music journalist, I have a love hate with the barricade as well. So like the music fan part of me is like, fuck the barricade. Like, I want to be right up against the stage and all that. The music journalist part of me, because I do concert photography, I'm like, no, I like the barricade because that gives me the break and I can can do my thing in there. (laughs) But I totally get what you're saying. Like, you know, it's only realistically at most venues four feet of space yeah. but it feels like it takes you away from that crowd and now it's like now i'm truly on a stage performing at someone instead of performing with someone yeah of you course, know like of course. performing with a crowd is much much different than standing up on stage and at like festivals especially like you were saying like cool i'm 12 feet in the air i'm 17 feet away from you because of this fucking barricade you might as well watch me on TV because this is not the same
1: energy or vibe that I want you have you you need to have you know that that energy from the crowd in order to you know to really push yourself on stage uh so so that's why even even when we have barricades because we're playing big venues or big festival I'm always you know singing almost all the set in the crowd actually I'm jumping over the fucking barricades uh, security goes nuts because they, they have a lot of problems during our sets. Uh, yeah. but I mean, that's what hardcore is all about for me. I mean, I need that proximity with, with people. Uh, otherwise I'm feel I'm, I'm feeling strange. I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling weird. You know, I don't like you new know, to have people yeah. like 10 feet away from me. Uh, I don't like that. I really want people like you know, to be in my face, screaming in my face, spitting in my face and punching me. You know, that's, that's what I want my hardcore shows to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I love that. And I think that's that is the epitome of what a hardcore show is supposed to be, is that, you know, communal like we're all part of this fucking band, even though it's just five guys, quote unquote, on stage. We're all part of this band because we're all given that energy exactly. and that, exactly. that level of of um, just excitement and, and exactly. passion. it's a community um,
1: thing. Yeah, that's it.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so obviously we we can't discuss uh who all you're going on tour with yet so we're going to yeah. spin this question a little bit yeah. uh if you were to design your perfect uh, type of tour package for yeah. next year who would you want to be on tour with whether you're headlining or if you're opening
1: yeah i don't want i don't want to reveal anything so i'm going to be uh, no, really that's careful with what i'm saying but let me see obviously this.
0: corpse grinder right like open yeah. for corpse grinder <laughs> there it, you that's go it.
1: <laughs> that's it, man. but i mean I would love to do another tour with Nasty. I'm always saying that yeah. because I love not only the band musically, but I mean, these guys are amazing. Good friends, yeah. some of the best human beings I know. I really love them. Uh, I'm saying hi to them, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so playing with them is always a pleasure. And our styles, you know, fit so much on, on a tour and uh, during show. So it's I'd really love, you know, to tour with Nasty again, that's for sure. And personally, I would love to tour with Nasty and Paleface on the same bill. That would be uh, like a fucking dream right now, because I love those two bands. Uh, Zeli from Paleface is a good friend of mine. He actually did sing a song uh, with us uh, when we played Zurich on the last tour. So I would love to have these guys, too, uh, on the same bill as us. So that would be real nice. Uh, Of course, one day playing with Cannibal Corpse would be nice. I mean, touring with Cannibal Corpse would be good. I mean, I don't know if the crowd would like it, because I mean sometimes that male crowds are not really into hardcore, and sometimes there's a little bit of clash, you know, between the the male crowd and the hardcore crowd. But I mean, uh, from a personal perspective, in a in a kid's dream, I mean that that would be nice, you know. Uh, right. So I mean, yeah, and of course playing with Malvolence also would be cool. I mean, there's there's a lot of bands I like dig and I love a lot. So, and I mean, we always have you know the privilege to uh, to see all these bands when we play festivals or we always cross paths, you know, in some way or another. So. Uh I hope that we're gonna see these guys again, but it's gonna be some good bands on our headlining tour in March. So that's why I'm not seeing the name of these bands, so that's why I'm a little bit yeah, c- careful no, there. <laughs> but uh there's a lot of good things and good bands coming out on the road with us. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember the name
0: of it. You might remember off the top of your head. Maddie has a clothing line too that is super yeah, Mathar clothes. He rem yeah. Art. yeah, there we yeah. go. Um I, I knew it I just could not get it to come out of my mouth for whatever reason but yeah like you know if you're a fan of of true like underground clothing and that streetwear yeah. style yeah, like course. Matty's stuff is insanely good yeah um, of course, of course. Yeah. these guys are so creative so it's insane yeah he, he's insanely talented man I I talked to like I said I talked to him a little over a year ago or whatever it's been and that dude just he's got such a head on his shoulders on like creative vision passion for the the scene and and just Mm. really being able to elevate everybody which sounds like what you're trying to do too is you know it's not a uh and i think it comes from like your diy background like yes we want to get popular yes we want to make money but we want the scene to thrive we want everyone to to be raised up with us
1: yeah of course and and actually we we even don't want to make money. Actually, yeah. we we just want to play music, right. <laughs> you know, and without having to pay everything. You know, it's just it's just right. that, you know. Uh, for us personally, it's not a career. I mean, it's a lifestyle, I... but it's not a career. So, yeah. uh, and, and and like I said earlier, I think that's that's why this band is gonna stay for a while in the scene because we can't we want to keep it like a lifestyle, not necessarily as a, car- a career. So the money thing. Is never gonna be an issue in the in Get the Shot, right? So, uh, and for the rest, yes, man. I mean, I mean, there's so many you know creative talents and people in the scene, it's 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 crazy, it's totally crazy. And that would be nice, you know, that those people get the recognition that they deserve. Uh, so uh, I'm always amazed of, of how good some artists are in the scene and they. They are big influences on even mainstream acts. And I mean, Mm -hmm. everybody's praising some in mainstream acts, but they don't invent anything. Most of the time, they steal a lot of stuff from underground bands. And so somehow we got to be proud of it, you know, proud of our bands, proud of the the artists in our scene who are actually changing things in the aesthetic world.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think kind of my closing question for you is going to be, um because we've talked so much about so many different bands as well but i'm going to make you maybe a difficult thing pick a couple bands that you think people need to start paying attention to now you know we've talked about how a lot of bands especially in this scene are not really recognized yet hmm. who's on your radar that people need to start looking at
1: um uh, of course i mean for the last few years they've been getting a lot of attention paleface Personally, as one of the mm-hmm. best band I've seen in a fucking while, good people, yeah. but also amazing bands. So uh, they're coming to the states soon, I think so. Uh, this band is gonna be pretty huge. I'm pretty sure about it. Uh, of course, Malvaliens now is getting the attention they deserve now. I think they're becoming the big thing. Yeah. But I mean, for if if we're talking about like s- smaller bands, uh, I totally think about Guilt Trip. Gael is a good good band from uh yeah. from a, Brit- a British band so it's very very great. Uh love these guys, great music like great crossover hardcore also very very nice band. Uh I mean I mean there's a lot of bands you know that that would need that recognitions but that that's the first name you know that. That's getting to my mind right now, but there's a, there's a lot of bands, and if I think you know about uh, bands from our province here in Quebec, yeah, there's a lot of good fucking bands here also, and those bands are not getting, getting talked about anywhere. Uh, I think about uh, a band called Don't Try here in Quebec City, Northwalk, Apes. Those are fucking great bands from our area, and they would need that recognition too. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome, man. Um, Obviously, I'll link all your socials and everything, but where can people find you online? What's the best way to interact with you guys?
1: Best place is always, you know, Instagram and Facebook. We're always on that thing. Everything is posted there. Uh, Every shows we're doing is posted there. So that's the best way to reach us. Uh, Otherwise, our music is everywhere on every platform, Spotify, Apple Music, name it, it's everywhere. So, I mean, uh, so that's it, yeah.
0: Yeah, awesome, man. I appreciate your time so much. I'm looking forward to hopefully you getting down into the States. I'm in Indiana. So if you can get to like Chicago or something like that, I can definitely get there. Uh, We'll we'll figure out something regardless, I'm sure. But I tell people, you know, the Midwest is a little bit weird. We don't measure things by distance. We measure it by time. So if you're within like a four and a half hour drive of me, yeah. I'll fucking
1: make the trip. So that's, yeah, that's a few awesome. hundred miles. So it's a pretty good, pretty good radius for Man, you. And I would love um, to, I would love to come and we would love to tour the state soon. I mean, that's such a big country, you know, it's hard, you know, to tour it all the way up and down, you know, but uh, I'm pretty sure we're gonna see each other real soon. Uh, We did play uh, Furnace Fest uh, recently. Yeah, It was crazy, you know, we weren't expecting anything. And there was a lot of kids who were so nice to us, who were were stoked to see us on that festival. So uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, touring the US and uh, see you guys soon.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate your time. I'll let you, uh, you know, log off and finish out your night. Um, this will, like I said, be going up next Wednesday. So I'll make sure I get you all the assets and everything. And we we'll, uh, Thanks to you, we'll man. Out, Thanks man. to
1: you, man. It was such a, a great talk, man. I mean, it, it was nice to have different questions and talking about it, man. Honestly, one of the best interviews, uh, I've done recently. So thank you, man, for the good question. And for awesome. us, uh, for the great yeah. talks with, it was very fulfilling, man. Yeah. Thanks, man.
0: I really appreciate that. I'll, uh, I'll let Shane and the team know when we've got all this live as well. And, Uh, Like you said, I'm sure we'll cross paths very soon. Of
1: course. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks to you. Peace out, man.
0: See ya. And that was my conversation with JP of the band Get The Shot. Huge, huge, huge shout out to him for taking the time to have that conversation. Really hope you guys enjoyed it. I had a blast talking to JP. Definitely looking forward to catching them on tour. Um, You know, he mentioned they can't say a lot yet, so definitely want you to jump over to their social media, give them a like, share, subscribe, follow, all of that sort of stuff. Stay, you know, up to date with them uh, because they're getting ready to do some really, really badass stuff, and you want to be along for that ride. Um, huge shout out as well to New Damage Records um for putting out this new album, working with Get The Shot. Uh, new Damage has graciously sent me a few bands of theirs uh, for the podcast, and it's always been a, an absolute pleasure. So you guys definitely need to go check out New Damage Records as well. And yeah, that's really kind of everything I have for you on this episode. Um As it stands today... As of this episode going live, it looks like I might be taking like two weeks off uh, just based on scheduling and the holidays and things like that. We'll see what happens. I may sneak in a, a conversation or two to get us, you know, some additional episodes. Um, but yeah, if if we go missing for about two weeks, don't freak out. Don't panic. Um, you know, stay, stay tuned because we definitely are uh, still doing everything. So, um, you know, just American Thanksgiving coming up. So thank you guys so much for everything you do. Uh, the new merch is going live. I will have two designs up before December. Um, so stay tuned on that and yeah, be sure that you like, share, subscribe, follow all that for you make the scene. Facebook and Instagram are where we're most active. Um, Anything you guys can do on that would be amazing. Be sure that you're sharing your favorite episodes as well. Uh, I am going to get back to putting YouTube videos up very, very soon. So I will have some of these episodes that we've released lately that haven't been up. Uh, Those will be YouTube videos very soon as well. So thank you guys again for everything that you do. And as always, remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.